Salutations and Ave, welcome to Babylon Rising, an occult podcast with a focus on sexuality, art, and liberation. My name is Rhea, I use they and them pronouns, and I'm pleased as a peach to have you here with me. Welcome to this new episode of the special series called The Spellbook, where I talk about rituals from my personal spellbook. In addition to the spell itself, I talk about why I created it, what I needed it for at the time, um, how using it has gone, and sort of the whole process behind it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying making this series so far, and I didn't think I would. Uh, It's definitely been a roller coaster ride of emotions, considering. I really fall into the state of mind I was when I created the spell, when I talk about it in this way, but it's been fun nonetheless. Hopefully you're also enjoying the series. Um, And without further ado, let's get into this week's spell. The Banishing Ritual of the Black Pyramid Close your eyes and visualize your third eye opening. Visualize next a black obsidian pyramid closing in. Grab the ritual dagger and trace a pentagram at each vertex. Then say, The power for protection from obsession, disturbances of a mundane nature, and from all entities with malefic intent dwelleth here. Take a moment to bring the hand not holding the dagger to your chest and raise the daggered hand to the sky and say, It spews forth from this knife and takes the form of the Black Pyramid. It amplifies and fortifies my magic. From here, continue onward with the main ritual. So this was a bit more of a ritual than a spell, but still kind of a spell nonetheless. Whatever. Is there really even a distinction? Sort of. But um, basically when I created this, a lot of things were happening for me. This was the beginning of a very intense period in my practice where a lot of things were happening in my life and a lot of things were also happening in my magic. Um, And basically the stuff in my magic had been that I had just finished reading um, Peter J. Carroll's Libra Nolan Psychonaut, excuse me, I had just listened to a podcast with two witches slash occultists slash magicians, I don't know, they were very experienced practitioners, and they were talking about casting circles, and they were talking about how a lot of these people who practice and say that they're witches are not very um, adept or experienced, and don't seem to realize this, and they this is what the people were talking about okay and they said that if you are casting a circle and it doesn't do a single thing to keep anything out of your space or to do the things it's supposed to do that you say it's supposed to do when you cast it if it does none of those things if you cast it and people are walking in and out of your bedroom and people are calling your phone and 
things like that, then why are you doing it? Why are you going to do magic that doesn't work? Even if you think it doesn't work because it's not real, then why are you doing it, you know? And I felt really confronted by this, not because my magic was, you know, helplessly inept. It really wasn't that bad. (laughs) Thank goodness. I think I would have quit if I was that bad at it. But um, it made me realize that, you know, I didn't really see the benefits of doing that type of ritual of casting a circle. Um, I didn't really see any immediate benefits. And part of that was that um, I didn't really understand what it was supposed to do for me. Um, I did in an intellectual sense from having studied Wicca and Neo Wicca for so long, but that that didn't really make sense for me in my practice. And so I wasn't really getting any benefits because I didn't really know what I wanted it to do for my practice. So all of these things happening, I decided to write this uh, and it's heavily influenced by what Peter describes in his book. I mean, I don't know him. I don't want to call him Peter. What Carol describes in his book as a banishing ritual, which basically serves the same functions, but functions, but has, oh, it can serve the same functions. It doesn't necessarily. The main idea behind it is that this kind of preliminary ritual serves mainly to prepare the magician's mind for the ritual magic that will take place. And that made more sense to me because it had more of a focus on the mind, the psychological functions required of a magician. That made more sense to me in my practice. Um, I lost a train of thought here. I lost a thread. Anyways, so I was going to say that. Other than that, the banishing ritual also serves the delicious purpose of being very hecking confusing because someone could be talking about a a banishing ritual and mean something completely different than what I mean. I call it a banishing ritual like this because of where the inspiration for it came from. So I don't really want to lose that and forget where it came from. So I call it this very confusing name. So I'm sorry about that. Maybe you even thought that this episode was going to be different than it was. (laughs) Anyways, so... Also, this spell is different than anything I've talked about before because it has words in it and nothing else I've spoken about so far has words. So there's that. That's kind of interesting, I guess. Um, So like the structure of it kind of comes from what Carol describes, like the the pentagram, like the five pointed star at each vertex. Um, he describes, um, the pyramid, he doesn't, like, he mentions that, like, it could be any shape, really. I chose a pyramid because in another podcast I was listening to, some witches who were talking about their, you know, preliminary rituals described why they personally use pyramids. Oh gosh, I just stuttered. Why they personally use pyramids instead of a circle. And I was like, this is giving me some inspiration about what pyramids versus circles or like spheres really mean to me. And I feel like the pyramid serves really the symbolic function that this ritual also serves for me, which is amplification, right? Like the pyramid, I think about like the pyramids that like mummies get buried in and um, the idea of it being like a portal sort of to another world um, and like the power in a symbol of a pyramid, even on like a structural level as a symbol of like power and strength because of the way a triangle holds um, holds up weight. Anyways, all of these things came together in a delicious smoothie of the symbols sort of just falling in my lap and then 
it just being up to me to construct them in a way that um, made sense to my life and my practice. So now to the words. The words, I wrote those, and I think it's really clear that this, while similar to a circle call or casting a circle, is definitely not the same because there's less of a focus on protection or like sacred space even, and more of a focus on power and efficiency in the spell like this is to prepare my mind to do a spell that works okay um also there is a there is protections mentioned here but the protection is from the real world like i'm not worried about spirits doing whatever spirits do because they haven't been the bane of my ritual space all my life it's been regular people not respecting my space um and things of that nature so that's why my spell is the way it is. It's to fit my life specifically. I have a lot of issues with people not respecting my space and such. So my ritual is tailored to counteract that, you know. Also, protection from obsession. So because this is about premier, pre, uh, preparing my mind as a magician to perform successful magic, what I don't want, what is going to be very detrimental to that is obsession with results and lust for results as I guess Crowley describes them and lust or obsession for results can be really the downfall of this type of magic because it's so cerebral and it's so much about how your mind is behaving if your mind is doing things it shouldn't be like obsessing over results and being all lusty in that may in that way <clears throat> that's really going to interfere with this style of magic. I don't necessarily think that's an issue in other types of magic that have less of a focus on the mind um, or like more folk style um, practices. Um, I think that really depends more about what um, what the magic is supposed to be doing in in its own context. But in the context of my practice, that is heavily influenced by chaos magic and things like that it's very important for me that i don't get you know caught up in obsession uh, or lust for results or people disturbing my space and breaking my concentration um so when i say protection from entities with malefic intent the reason i'm not saying evil spirits or anything like that is because i'm talking about people i'm talking about alive embodied people who are walking around and who I live with that's why it's phrased that way like sure like also keep spirits out but the reason it's vague is so that it could touch on both of these topics right because just personally when I practice I'm not really worried about that I know some people are and so when they cast their circle or do their banishing ritual they're going to put an extreme focus on like please keep me safe, please nothing scary, come and get me, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. I, I don't think anything's wrong with that. I think that's great, actually, that you would tailor your ritual like this to your needs. It's just my needs are different, right? Um, what else did I want to touch on about this? Um, oh, so the knife. So also, this was not originally performed with a knife. Um, the ritual doesn't necessarily call for a knife. Uh, sorry if you heard that. I just kicked a glass jar under my desk. <laughs> um, so you don't have to use a knife. Um, and I didn't even use a knife when I first started doing this ritual. Um, but like I said, I was reading so much and I was so inspired by other magicians out there. And 
<clears throat> sorry, especially because I was reading um, and taking an interest in more traditional magic uh, and recognizing the power of the knife in the same way that I recognized the power of the pyramid in my mind was so strong. Like, of course I would want to use a knife. Like, knives are such a... Uh, uh, there's no dispute about whether they are a symbol of power at all, right? In the same way I think about pyramids, like no discussion needed, right? It's pretty obvious why knives are powerful, both symbolically and literally. Uh, Before I used a knife, I used my hands. And before I used my hands, I used a wand because I was very influenced in like Wicca and Neo-Wicca. So I used my hands I gave up on the wand because I wasn't feeling anything for the wand. Really, the wand was just because I was reading too much books about Wicca and Neo-Wicca. But the hands were such an obvious choice for me because I'm an artist. I'm a creator. I work with my hands a lot. They're one of the most powerful parts of my body. I mean, I guess symbolically and literally, right? I have very strong hands uh, because I write a lot, I paint a lot, do a lot of things with my hands, and no question about why they are as much so um, spiritually significant to me as they are like literally significant to me. And I used my hands, and that worked for a long time, Um, but in the way Peter, uh, Peter, I don't know him, in the way Carol describes um, the banishing ritual in his book, Um, He talks about like magical symbols or like magical jewelry. And so I wanted to try that out at least. Um, But like, I don't really like magical jewelry all that much. I don't really like that. That's not for me, like a ring or anything. Like that's definitely something you could use if you were so inclined. Um, So I just did it with my hands for a long time. Um, But then once I became like enlightened to the ways of the ritual dagger, like it's ritual dagger all the way, baby. Like that's like my most important ritual item at this point in my practice. If I, as long as I have my notes and a knife, I can do pretty much any spell I want to do. Like there are other things that are very, very important, but like if I had nothing else and no other options, I would be fine. I would be able to make it with the knife. It's such an important part of my practice now, especially since I do the banishing ritual a lot. Anytime I'm doing a very serious ritual, and if I do a ritual, it's going to be serious because i that's just how I am in my practice, right? So I do the banishing ritual a lot. I use my knife a lot. Um, this is definitely something I do a lot. So I can't tell if I have fondness for it because of the time in my life where I created it or just because I use it all the time unsure about that but I gotta wrap up this episode it's been a fun one it's been a different one because there were words in this spell this time very interesting to talk about and if you want to contact me about anything I've spoken about on the show or on this episode in general um you can always email me at babylonrisingpodcast at gmail.com you can always find me on instagram at venusian.witch which is always linked in the description below, even if you listen to an old episode where I say a handle that you're not very familiar uh, familiar with, I always update the links with the proper handles. So you don't got to worry about that. You can always check the episode description for contact information on me. Also, if you want to see my YouTube channel and see the videos I make for your viewing pleasure, um, I think I'm going to start posting episodes of the show there as well. I like to post in multiple places. Um, but if you'd like to check out my YouTube channel, it's called Venusian Witch. And this is also always linked in the description. And until next time, Ave Babylon. <laughs>